Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right. Drop the subject. The day before Thanksgiving, Allie Jarrett, producer Emmy here with you. And it's wonderful walking through the building when half the people have mentally checked out. <laughs> and the other half aren't here. And the other half are not here. So it's just a bunch of people who either aren't here or are half here. And it's kind of a magical feeling, isn't it? Where you just feel like the stakes are a little lower. Everyone's like in the building just going, hey, you know what? I showed up. I love the stakes are a little lower. What'd you say, Amy? I look, I wore a sweatshirt today. I was like, I wore this sweatshirt on Monday. Judge me. I do not care. I almost did not wear makeup today, but then I got here earlier than expected because of the no traffic, and I was like, ah, why not? Uh, I <laughs> Listen, the traffic was really great today. I was saying to, to Jerry Michaela, like, I was going to, I ended up driving this morning, and so I took a different route. I was going to take a different route, and then I looked, and I was like, oh my God, the road is so clear today. It's raining yeah. in LA, which it Usually anywhere Usually means it's the apocalypse. Exactly. So I, I even left a little bit earlier, and I was like... Oh, this is great. Yeah. And so like I stopped at Starbucks and picked up some food, and which I... turned into a thing, which we'll talk about in a moment. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Well, I think there's nothing better than getting to a place earlier than expected, especially when it's people like you and me who will leave the exact second that we're supposed listen, to leave and not one moment earlier. Listen, because I got out of bed so late this morning. Me I, too. I could hear the rain outside and I was like... Why? I know. Just and then why? I was like, you know what? I was like staring at my phone. I was like, I really should be moving faster right now, but I, I don't care. I'm sure my therapist would tell me this is bad, but I work from bed in the morning. So like when I'm sending stories in to you guys for the show, I'm like literally horizontal, like <laughs> scrolling, trying not to drop my phone on my face in bed. Oh, which, yeah. You know. And then one of your arms falls asleep or your elbow exactly. gets sore and you're like, this is this is me. And then you have to turn to like rest your arm in the bed. <laughs> Because your arm is tired from holding up the phone. It's like resting your elbow exactly. on the pillow. That's me this morning. Yeah. Um, but uh, happy Wednesday to everybody. Happy Thanksgiving Eve. You're probably either at work or you're at home preparing for tomorrow. I know as soon as we get out of here today, the sooner the better, I'm going to be home <laughs> cooking food and like getting ready and, and you know, burning up some more Disney Plus because I have two more Santa Claus movies apparently to watch. Wait, really? There's, Are there did four? Did you know there are three? No, I'm, I'm like one and a half in. Oh. So like the sec, I didn't even know there was a second one that came out like eight years later, the Santa Claus 2 where he has to get married. Um, and Charlie, his son, is on the bat on the naughty list. Oh, no. Exactly. Oh, no. The How horror. is he going to handle that? I don't know. But my thing is I want them to start remaking these movies like we do the superhero movies. Like there should be a new Santa Claus like, oh, there yeah, should like, be someone doing this story again. Well, I thought that's what they did when Tim Allen played that dog. Is that a different movie? <laughs> Have you ever seen that movie? No clue what you're talking about. There's you another movie where Tim Allen plays a talking dog. He turns into a dog. He, he turns, turns into, into a, do- a dog, You yes. thought that was related to Santa Claus? I don't know. I've never seen any of the movies. Listen, I was a big Tim Allen fan. I was like, I maybe he's know. Santa Claus in one movie, and then now he's on the naughty list, and he's a dog. I don't know if they're all intertwined. I know Who he's knows? A, I know he's a conservative and a Trump supporter, um, which kind of makes it difficult and probably means he uses an Android, looking at you, Chris Contreras. Um, but like, I just, I don't know. Um, but like, I, yeah. I just want them to start remaking those movies. But well, I just think it's funny how much you really enjoy Tim Allen's work despite his politics. Well, like, you really I, enjoy Home Improvement. You I love, love the Santa Claus. Well, let's be clear. So, like, the him being a conservative is like a very, a very new like piece of information. He had that show Last Man Standing on ABC, but then like it got canceled, and then like conservative Twitter like you know kind of re- revived it, and now it's back. I think on Fox. But I would just like to add to your Santa Claus list: Christmas with the Cranks. Then <laughs> I've never seen that. I know that's. Yeah, a, I, I heard that's a re- good movie. I've I never seen it. Watched it. It was Who's really in good. That movie? 
Tim, Tim Allen. Allen. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. it's another Christmas movie, and they decide yeah. to boycott Christmas so that they can save their money and go on a holiday vacation. But their whole community is like hardcore Christmas freaks, and they all get really judgmental and start oh, punking yeah. on him. Is that Disney he- too? Um, I have to is find it that. on Disney? Yeah. No, it's on, uh, I think it was on Hulu or Netflix. And then okay. there, are, there are other ones, aren't there? Aren't there sequels to that? Maybe. It's Christmas like Christmas with the, with the Pranks 2, and then... Maybe. I don't know, and then sure. he turns into a gerbil. I don't know what happens. <laughs> he there. turns into a gerbil and oh, goes up one. retro... Never mind. Oh. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, last... So, what happened to you at Starbucks this morning? Well, okay, so part of why I was so, you know, drained this morning is because last night I hosted this panel on this film uh, called Emmanuel, which is um, the uh, the story of the nine folks that were shot and killed in, in South Carolina in the Mother Emanuel Church. Um, one of the more memorable moments that came out of that was President Obama going down and doing the eulogies and yeah, singing Amazing Grace. And so it was a devastating film to watch and I was like, I've never wept. And it was a doc? It was a documentary, yeah. yeah. I've never wept hosting a panel before and like I got up there and like the whole theater was just like dead silent. No one was speaking. Um, and so like I was emotionally drained after that last yeah. night. I got home and had like a headache that one of those like I've been crying headaches. Um, yes, I know those headaches. Right. And then woke up this morning and was just like, I, I, I had nothing. And I was like, I saw it was raining outside which people make fun of us because we're always like it's raining outside I, can't, I don't know what I'm supposed to do but it's like if you don't experience rain very often like when it does happen it, it like is a, a game changer so I got on the Starbucks app I put in my order because like the Starbucks is right around the corner I hop in the car I go in but it's like pouring down rain so like the, the drive through line is really long right and I'm like trying to get through and I'm like parking illegally and this lady's like there's no parks over there I was like girl that ain't got nothing to do with me and so <laughs> so I, I go over I turn on my hazard lights I go to the second window and I'm like I have a mobile order because you know yeah. I feel like the mobile order people always feel a little high and mighty like oh I've already ordered yeah I'm not doing this they with do you they walk in where they're like all connected and they're usually wearing airpods and then they're like they you know they expect everything to be right in front of them because um, yeah yeah I ordered eight minutes ago where is my drink <laughs> so I go and this is like a kiosk Starbucks um, where like it's you can't it's a go inside in a kiosk, exactly yeah. so I walk up to the mobile order window and I'm like waving hi Hi. Hi, Titled Millennial here. Can I please have my latte? I have a mobile order. And so, like, they have, like, one of those uh, drive through window kind of things that opens and closes. But, like, it's raining, so, like, I stick my head in just a little bit, and I'm just, like, trying to, like, not get rained on. <laughs> oh, no. And not thinking about the fact that that's an automatic window. <laughs> and it, it literally closed, closed on, on my head. Ah! And, like, slams on my ears. <laughs> And my ears have been stinging for like an hour and a half now. And I, was I like, wish that I had been there is, to see I was that. Like, oh, this is awful. Now, how many people witnessed this happen? I was so grateful that only like one person saw it, and he was the worker guy, so he, <laughs> he knew better than to laugh. Because he was like, oh, um, yeah, that automatically closed. I was like, I noticed. <laughs> okay, thank yeah, thank you. you. You know what? Can I just, can I? <laughs> can I get can my Can I drink? just please, you can hand me my beverage. So, but when there was only one window, so were you sticking your head inside of an automatic window that there was a car next to it? No, 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 no. No, there's a, there's a window for ordering, there's a window for pickup, and then there's oh, a, a whole other drive through window. Okay, okay, so you weren't just walking No, just walking up grill. to the drive through window, right? <laughs> Excuse me. I know you're driving right here. No, but like window. my ear has been hurting all morning oh, now. Can you so. imagine if they had those at Popeyes? Oh my God, people would be climbing through them. Are you kidding me? 
People have been going crazy. All the stories would have been about another person getting decapitated. Speaking getting of a person sandwich. getting decapitated, that's a hard right turn for yeah. something that doesn't actually work. Uh, <laughs> Papa John's founder, John Schnatter, uh, ate 40 pizzas in 30 days, and it was trending on Twitter yesterday. We'll tell you why. Uh, so much more coming up. Drop the subject returns in just a few minutes. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right. Some not so breaking news here on Drop the Subject with Allie and Jared. This is something that was all over Twitter. Twitter yesterday. By the way, we have a really exciting Thanksgiving-themed show for you. We have all kinds of things. We're going to give you our final Thanksgiving song. And you've put together something really fantastic for that. Just to let all of you know, you can access these songs on an album. Yes. And we have a very special surprise for you later on in the show. Um, that I'm very impressed with. Thank Allison. you. Thank you very much. Yeah. I worked very hard on this and I'm not it's not like alley intro level. Like, no, it's not. It's it's, <laughs> it's not something I put together in five minutes. I actually spent time on this, and I'm proud of it. I, you should be proud. Thank you. you should be. We also have a, a, what, what I'm calling a very woke Thanksgiving, but you're calling it a Thanksgiving story. Wake, wake the up! F, wake up, people. And we're going to give you basically, it's a little story time here on Drop a Subject. We're going to tell the story of Thanksgiving, but we're going to tell it from a story, a, a children's story perspective, but we're going to rewrite it a little bit to make it a little more accurate exactly so we're going to be doing that which will be heartwarming and maybe a little bit horrifying yeah it'll be equal parts uplifting and horrifying it's just true which is a very drop the subject yes <laughs> and of course we have blow the whistle we have trump around all kinds of other good stuff but let's talk about papa john because papa john is insane it- What's happening? Emmy's, <laughs> Emmy's phone is freaking out and making all kinds of sounds, and it's like frozen in a oh way gosh, that she threw it across the room. <laughs> you know how your phone will freeze sometimes yeah. and you can't make it stop, and it's like just playing. It's just playing. It's playing what you designed for oh, later. Oh no! On. No! Yes. Turn it down! <laughs> See, even the phone knows though. The phone is like, "This is gold. I need to get it on the air." So as if you soon guys can hear it in the background. Oh, Emmy's yeah. losing it in the background. <laughs> she's just walking around, <laughs> holding her phone up in the air. It's like she's looking yeah. for something. But still, that, not as crazy as Papa John. Fair enough. A good point. Pa- so Papa guys, John is still crazier. You guys might remember that Papa John um, came under fire, uh, I guess it was in 2017, when he uh, said that basically they were their declining sales um, was being blamed on the NFL's handling of ex-49ers quarterback uh, Colin Kaepernick and the other players' anti-police brutality protests. Um, th- Papa John's was then the official pizza of the NFL. Now, a day later, the white supremacist uh, website Daily Stormer declared Papa John's the official pizza of the alt-right. Schneider made uh, (laughs) matters worse six months later by reportedly quoting KFC founder Colonel Sanders while using the N-word during an internal diversity training meeting. The session was taped in secret, and that tape eventually was leaked to Forbes. So now... I didn't didn't know that. uh, Yeah, no, he's... He's awful. He's a piece of work. So um, then yesterday, his name was trending again, and I was like, my God, what did he do? And I'd forgotten that he actually left Papa John's. Papa John's was the pizza that I always ate in college because it was the closest to campus and like everyone just ate it. That's what I ate Popeyes a lot because it was right down the street from my apartment. Yeah, yeah. I was always a Pizza Hut kid, but that's neither here nor there. So yesterday he was doing an interview and he admitted to something that I think is very weird, but he said it with such pride. And I was like, (laughs) bro, do you hear you? Yeah. I've had over 40 pizzas in the last 30 days. Willie Perlin and Mark Shapiro should be in jail. He has no pizza experience. He's never been in the pizza category. I would just say, stay tuned. 
the day of reckoning will come. The record will be straight. Why not set the record straight down? I mean, what is it about the record that I've had over 40 pizzas in the last 30 days? <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> All right. So, so he's talking about how he's had 40 pizzas in 30 days. That's 1.3 pizzas every day. So so he's having more than one pizza a day. It seemingly, I don't know how, what he's doing, but like he's That's basically disgusting. trying to say that Papa John's, <laughs> Papa John's has gone on the decline since he's left. And it's like, and apparently so have you. And then he mentions John, um, Mark Shapiro. Right, Which who's the, who's I think the it, one who I took th- over for him. I think he's the one that took over. They have a different CEO. I've been trying to find uh, this Mark Shapiro's name because I want to be clear on like what his actual role is. But he basically does not like Mark Shapiro. And I'm trying to understand why Mark Shapiro should be in jail. because. Well, it's because he pizza. doesn't know anything about pizza. Well, <laughs> which, again, a crime. I mean, can I hear the beginning of this again? Because I want to hear his train of thought go from one thing to the next. Because he starts off with how many pizzas he ate. And then I think he goes straight to Mark Shapiro being in jail because he doesn't know anything about pizza. I've had over 40 pizzas in the last 30 days. Uh-huh. Living currently in Mark Shapiro should be in jail. Okay. He has no pizza experience. <laughs> He's never been in the pizza category. I would just say, stay tuned. God. The day of reckoning. Yeah, will I think come. he needs 40 glasses of water. He needs Can 40 glasses his, of water. You know water? when someone's mouth and they're like, <laughs> so I have to say I don't know how edited this this statement of his was even his voice sounds weird in the video but like everywhere I saw this video online his voice sounded like that I don't know I, I remember him being in commercials and I don't remember his voice sounding like that so like full like disclosure I don't know if that's what he really sounds like but it sounds weird it sounds like what he sounds like though well, I don't, it sounds well, like someone eating 40 pizzas a month <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, you can hear the arteries clogging in the voice. You can hear him still chewing a little bit of crust in the back of his mouth. Like, just a little bit. That he dipped in that butter sauce thing. And then I do love that weird, terrifying, scary horror movie sound in the background where they're just like, something from a horror movie a suspense (laughs) film trailer or something. Uh, We'll take a quick break. When we come back, Donald Trump. There's more developments about what Donald Trump actually knew, and uh, it's probably going to get him in a little bit more trouble. That's up next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Well, in this case, the subject is the whistleblower. It is person who right now still remains nameless, genderless. Oh, it's probably a guy. Uh, everyone has been say, referencing he, Him. but we really don't know if it's no, a, a we man don't or really a woman. Know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, at, me and Bette Midler both think that we should have the whistleblower testify masked singer style and be like, ladies and gentlemen, the peacock. <laughs> and then the whistleblower comes out and, and is like, voice I, yeah. it has like <laughs> well, I my, heard something yeah. a little strange <laughs> on the phone call and then I. Can you imagine? Can you imagine it. that being on the nightly news? I would like, love it so much. The Peacock spoke today in Congress about <laughs> what their experiences were in the White House. I had yeah. the experience of someone yeah. approaching yeah. me with data but about all doing it like sassy too, like in the Mass Singer. They're like, <laughs> I'll never tell. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you'll never find out who I am. <laughs> you, I have the all the judges fooled. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Play the damn music. <laughs> <laughs> this is time to blow the whistle. 
Okay, so yesterday there were more headlines coming out of the whistleblower complaint and the impeachment um, uh, inquiry that continues in Congress. Um, and this headline uh, comes from the Huffington Post. It says, Trump was aware of whistleblower complaint before he unfroze Ukraine aid. Uh, White House lawyers told Trump that he had been accused of wrongdoing several weeks before he released nearly $400 million in Ukraine aid. Now, why does this matter? There's a conversation that has been had about, well, uh, Republicans often make this argument that, well, I don't know what the big deal is. He released all of the aid and the investigation never happened. And they say that because of that, there's no there there. But it's because he now we're learning it's because of this. We know that he knew that someone had blown the whistle on him and that there was a complaint. We also know that he held the money that it came out yesterday that the hold was put on the, the aid going to Ukraine the day he had the phone call on July 25th with the Ukrainian president Zelensky. Um, and we also know that like he released the money um, right before the deadline, like two weeks before the deadline of the fiscal calendar was going to end for um, this money. It had to either be released by that time or like it would go away. It would expire, um, which would have been an even bigger issue. And so Republicans continue to say like, oh, this had no connection to him knowing anything about it. And I, th- I believe if I'm not mistaken, we'd, heard that he knew about it within a couple of days. This new reporting say like he knew about this like within weeks. It says the latest details add more context to the president's decision making in the days after he sought um, to pressure Ukrainian President Zelensky to open investigation into the political rival, former President Joe Biden and his son Hunter. Trump's behavior on the J- July 25th call um, has come become the crux of the Democrats' impeachment investigation, which moved into the public earlier this month as a parade of current and former officials testified openly about their knowledge of the call. We also now know that Congress is going to be having another hearing next Wednesday. Um, the Judiciary Committee is going to start bringing in um, witnesses. They won't be fact witnesses. They'll be um, like procedural witnesses that will talk about like what it means to impeach, what is impeachable, all of those things to be able to lay that other kind of context. I now. see. So, well, it's important because some of the testimony that we saw last week, a lot of the people who had testified were explaining that they got word that these funds had been released and they had no idea why. Yeah. They were just like, yeah, I don't know. The the funds were held and then they weren't and I never got any information as to why they were held in the first place and then why they were suddenly released. So this is important because it could directly relate to him finding out about this whistleblower. Well, that and plus uh, yesterday we also learned um, the, through some transcripts that were released from more depositions that have been going on in the impeachment inquiry that two white House officials resigned over concerns about uh, this frozen money. And this story also comes from HuffPost. Um, they say these resignations were revealed in this private testimony of Mark Sandy. He's a longtime Office of Management and Budget um, employee who recently testified to the House Intelligence Committee behind closed doors. Um, and he says he's the only official. It says he's the only official in the department to testify as part of the House's impeachment um, inquiry. Uh, neither of the officials who resigned was identified by name or position, but basically they they left their positions because what they felt they felt that what they were doing was not legal yeah. um, and that they knew that there's something afoot. Why does that matter? Because we also can now see like how plenty of other people knew about what was going on and they knew that it was wrong. Right. If, if the idea that, oh, this phone call I had with Zelensky was perfect or there was no quid pro quo. Um, we, there's a phone call where Donald Trump is um, allegedly saying, you know, I don't want any kind of quid pro quo, but like. 
we know but he that was that saying was, that to cover his ass. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of like that that text message, like, call me. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want a record of someone saying that there's a quid pro exactly. quo. Um, and so this kind of shows it, it continues to show the way that this is way more than one phone call. Like it's grown out. And so many people knew that something was afoot. And so many people knew that something was wrong, um, that it's more than just like, oh, Donald Trump saying that it was a phone call and he didn't do anything. wrong. Yeah, I would really like to see a flow chart with a timeline. At this point, because it's Mm. just gotten so I mean, I I know the basic ideas behind it, but there's also so many different players involved. And and then the timeline of how all of the events unfolded and everybody kind of corroborating different events and when they happened and different conversations and when they happened. And then, you know, the visit to the Ukraine and and then Pence's visit and all that stuff. I would love to see it all kind of lined out on a timeline just to see visually the trajectory of how all of this unfolded. Yeah, I think that would be really great, actually. Um, okay, get on it, help. someone. I'm, I'm working on it over the Thanksgiving holiday. Okay. So <laughs> great. Get to work. Um, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we did all of our favorite things, and then we did our least favorite things. But one of our favorite things that was uh, even seconded by a listener actually just happened in the news, and it is... Mm, it's it's kind of delicious. It's delicious. So, <laughs> as delicious as a Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> when we come back, we'll tell you what just happened in the news and uh, why you should probably love it, too. This is a very exciting moment now here on Drop the Subject, because as Jarrett Apley pointed out before we went to break, we did go over some of our favorite things in the past weeks. We had lists of some of our favorite things because Oprah does her favorite things list every year. And then we also did things that we don't like. But one thing that was on my list of my most favorite things that we all agreed was a pretty damn good one was also seconded by a listener, I believe by the name of Ken, who called in with his favorite things list. Oh, that's right, yes. And so he also had this on his list. And now it is only... What's the word I'm looking for? Appropriate. That apropos. It is only apropos that we share this story with you because it is one of our favorite things, and that is someone who railed against gay people being caught for being gay. I just, I, there's nothing quite as sweet as this. So, um, also, just kind of teasing ahead later on on Loveline, we're going to be talking about. Um, Wait, ja- you're doing that today? Yeah, it's going to be today. Oh on my Loveline. god! So Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh no, we're not outing someone, but like, oh. Jamie Lee Curtis uh, talked about how she thinks that politicians who are anti-LGBTQ um, but actually are gay should be outed, and we're going to talk about whether or not that's okay. Mm. Um, but in this one, it's interesting because this is an anti-gay Anglican minister in Florida who just resigned after admitting to sexual harassment and, quote, undesired physical displays of eff- of affection, which that means that you were just groping people or, like, getting on top of them. Yeah, so you were not only secretly in the closet, but you were also groping people against their will. So you're being out- outed doubly for being gay and for being... A gross pervert. Uh, being a predator. Yeah, predator. Well, and it, this isn't even just groping. So, like, if you read through the story, it comes from LGBTQNation.com. Um, they talk about Father Eric Dudley. He's a married father of three, and he's the founder of St. Peter's Anglican Church in Tallahassee. They say Dudley was a pastor of a different Episcopal church for 10 years, and then in 2005, he left that church to found his own, citing the Episcopalians' increasingly pro-LGBTQ stances, and his new church, St. Peter's, was associated with the Anglican Church of Uganda. And basically, he was 
founding a church in the idea of being more anti-LGBTQ. One okay, because he love, was like, my church is being too friendly to these gays. One of the great things leave. about the Episcopals is the fact that they are very affirming yeah. and inclusive. And I, I remember that from going to um, a, a summer camp. It was an Episcopal camp. And like, there were so many LGBTQ people uh, as camp counselors. Hmm. And so um, it was it was very different um, for me to be in a church that was so welcoming. According to this reporting um, in LGBTQ Nation, there's a group called the Godly Response to Abuse in the Christian Environment, or the acronym GRACE. They investigated the circumstances that led to his resignation, and basically in their report um, that just came out, they said that Dudley would lavish attention on attractive young men, he'd give them gifts and jobs at the church, and even... um, this was all happening while he was raging against like homosexuality and marriage equality from the pulpit. It said that they spoke with 51 alleged victims and witnesses. That is... So it's not even like one person being like, uh, right. yeah, he gave me this job and then he did X, Y, and Z. This is 51 people. There are text messages, there are emails, there is all kinds of evidence here and they eventually figured out that there was significant evidence and significant victim accounts that were corroborating each other even though they were not even aware of other Victims, victims reporting which so is they were so all, common yeah so yeah. they're all reporting on this stuff and then all their stories are be corroborated and they don't even know who else is speaking up so he would pull this trick and I, I have to say I went to a church where there was a a vehemently anti-LGBTQ um, pastor or bishop and he was very well known we had a church of 30,000 members in Atlanta and uh, his name was Bishop Eddie Long and there was this huge scandal that came out because he was so an- publicly anti-LGBTQ and then it came out that he was like having sexual relationships or sexually laced relationships with college boys. And so that was, you know, devastating to his reputation. But in this one, it says one of Dudley's alleged victims said that he went on an out-of-state trip with Dudley and he booked a hotel room with a single large bed and blamed it on a front desk error. The victim woke up to Dudley rubbing his back and chest. The other ones, then it says Eric is no... um, that the victim was saying Eric is known as the guy who hates gay people. We're at this church that built our church based on anti-homosexuality. He has kind of a caricature out there, so there's no way that this guy is coming on to me. I must be I must misreading be him. It. But oh then other God. victims said, like, he used that same thing, like, oh, there was an error in the hotel. We have wow, to be in the same what bed. What a trick. You I know? mean... But why do you think the this happens so often. I know we have to go, but well, it's just like, what says, is that? Like something in their head that's just like, I have to... That says the most homophobic people tend to be gay. And so like, it's a self-hating kind of thing. And we talked about this before with mm-hmm. the Mormon church and how they are very anti-LGBTQ and they changed their rule and how that had a major impact on me. Because I always think about like, what about the Eric Dudleys of the world who probably grew up hearing the homosexuality is terrible and made a different choice because of doctrine and all that kind of stuff, got married, have, has three kids mm-hmm. and is like, knows that somewhere inside himself he's gay. Yeah. Um, that is awful. And like, to I... On one level, I feel for this person who had to like affirm all of these awful, awful things. But at the same time, like you're awful because you are then propagating this thing to hurt other people. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. It's a self fulfilling prophecy. The gay's gonna get you. All right, <laughs> if it's in there, it's gonna get you. It's, it's not going it. away. We're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, is life expectancy getting shorter? Plus, we have a brand new Thanksgiving song, and Allie's got something special for Very all. Very special for yes. you this Thanksgiving. So don't go anywhere. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Allie, this is a big moment. We've been 
really working up toward this for weeks now. Yeah, we've been building up. Um, I'm beyond excited about so what we're about to do right now. And I mean, I don't want to oversell the moment, but <laughs> this is probably the biggest moment in the history of this show. Uh, <laughs> not oh, not no. to oversell. Cancel it. <laughs> exactly. Uh. Um, all month long, we've been really trying to highlight some of the most important music that is overlooked and that is Thanksgiving music. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a playlist that is aptly titled Drop the Subject Presents Thanksgiving Music Matters Too, because Thanksgiving music does matter too. And sometimes. <laughs> uh, sometimes. We've yes, learned through this process exactly. that some of the music that we've brought to you indeed does not matter. Should be buried. It does not <laughs> matter. It really doesn't. But so I'm really excited because like I through this process, I, I think this was actually my idea, but I remember thinking like this could be really awful. And then yeah, we yeah. started finding songs and I was like, I love this song. I love it too. I mean, it was a great idea to say, hey, you know what? There is Thanksgiving music. And then we were like, wait, there is? What is it? And then I was thinking, oh, all they have is that weird Snoopy Charlie Brown Thanksgiving song. That's really it. And I'm just excited because I've found multiple Thanksgiving songs really great. And I'm excited to play some of them on Thanksgiving. We have playlists on Spotify and on Apple Music, which you can find on our Twitter to be able to to get, get those playlists because you need them for Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. And today we've added our final song we have so this is now this is part of our 12 days of thanksgiving and so this is the 12th song so now you have a full 12 song playlist here you're for welcome your turkey day yes and so this final song is sweet potato pie by ray charles and james taylor we're gonna end here on a high note i'd like to highlight james taylor r&b music's favorite white man <laughs> Him, maybe Sam Smith, pass? Michael Michael McDonald, Michael McDonald. Who is that husky voice? <laughs> I love him. James Taylor. That's a that's actually a pretty good Michael McDonald. That was really good. Say. Let me hear that again. <laughs> Patty Labelle. What you say? No, he was on the only one got to sing with Patty. He's, he Michael more, Michael McDonald is pretty great, and James Taylor is right up there with Blue Eyed Soul. So this song is called Sweet Potato Pie with Ray Charles and James Taylor. Oh Lord, I feel fine today Walking on cloud nine today I'm over that line today Happiness is finally mine today I guess I'm just a lucky guy And here I'm about to tell you why It's strictly on account of my Sweet potato pie also want to shout out I know white people generally do pumpkin pie and black people do sweet potato pie James Taylor points for you <laughs> for Just, doing for doing sweet exactly, potato pie exactly I uh, I don't know why I listen to that thought that song ooh thong that was wow. a that was a Freudian slip save that for India <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be too hot for that. I was say, when you go out of town with <laughs> the wife. Yeah. Be a woo. Um, no, I don't know why when I listen to that song, I picture like a bunch of toddlers in a music room like playing with instruments. What? I don't know. So like some of those songs, like listen to the song. Like play it again. Because there's some songs where I feel like room? it's such a family friendly, happy oh. song that like if you listen to this song, 
And you picture like, all right, it's Thanksgiving, kids. I could, I could see it. Now we're gonna make turkeys with them. Draw our hands. Yep. And then I'm gonna give you a maraca. You're gonna get a little trumpet there, James. Yeah. Here you go. I just feel like this is what's playing in the background of like a classroom about Thanksgiving. I could also see this being the song on like a cartoon where they're like, it's Thanksgiving Day, and like, or like Thanksgiving at school, or something like that. So yeah, totally. Okay. So now we've got a full playlist. And now there is also a way that you can get an exclusive hard copy version of this playlist. I know it's for some of you who are young enough, you probably don't know what a CD is. I was going to say, let's explain what a CD is. So a CD is a plastic piece of plastic. I don't know what I was saying there. (laughs) This piece of plastic where music has been lasered onto the plastic. Mm -hmm. You put it inside a machine that then plays said music. This was an upgrade from the floppy disk, which was well. A this was an upgrade from the plastic ear, huh? That was the CD music was an upgrade from the tape. Okay, yes, the but then tape. also it was a way floppy disk was a way to get anything onto your computer. Yes, not much, no. but, but but something. <laughs> not much. <laughs> then now we have like things that are literally the size of your pinky nail that can hold six terabytes of storage. Oh my but God, it's crazy. Anyway. There, back in the, the day, you used <laughs> yeah, the zip drive. It zip was like, oh, wow, exactly. So, when you know, if you remember the 90s at all, you remember now that's what I call music. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There was, I think it was even before Kids Bop, and they had it was just basically a yearly album that had all the hits. So, we figured we could make our own Thanksgiving exclusive. Now, that's what I call Thanksgiving, and so here is. You can pick up a copy. We're tweeting all this out. All the information is at DTS Show it's on our Twitter. It's pinned to the top of our Twitter it's right now. It's pinned to the top of our Twitter. Now that's what I call Thanksgiving. Have you been wanting to get all your favorite Thanksgiving music in one place? Well, then say hello to Now That's What I Call Thanksgiving with hits like Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving around the corner, need banana. The Thanksgiving song. turkey. <laughs> And it's Thanksgiving. Christmas music gets all the credit. It's time for Thanksgiving music to join in on the fun. Rock out to Apple Peaches Pumpkin Pie. Apple Peaches Pumpkin Pie. Or tear your ears off with Thanksgiving Baby Shark. Baby Pilgrim Shark. Baby Pilgrim Shark. Pick up your copy of Now That's What I Call Thanksgiving Today, and you'll receive a free six-month supply of canned ham. We don't know why either. From the people that brought you Now That's What I Call Arbor Day, and Now That's What I Call Wednesday, it's Now That's What I Call Thanksgiving. Because nothing says Thanksgiving like music no one's heard of. Pick up your copy of Now That's What I Call Thanksgiving and show your family that Thanksgiving Thanksgiving music matters too. As long as it's not that. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. So, Ali, I saw this headline that I think is really interesting because we've talked a lot on this show about like the changes from millennial trends. So, millennials are having less sex. They're getting married later, but staying married longer, Mm -hmm. divorcing less. They're having kids less. Having kids less and having kids later. They're not eating cereal. We've killed the cereal industry. We've killed apparently. bar soap and cereal. We've um, killed diamonds. We've killed 
uh, bridal parties. We were killing alcohol in bars, apparently, because <laughs> you know, the damn whole thing. us. Exactly, we're just murderers. Um, this headline from NBC News though says, "Quote: Dying too young, deaths among middle-aged adults reversing life expectancy trends." They say women and racial minorities and people living in Ohio. Um, living in the Ohio Valley are hit hardest by this distinctly what? American phenomenon. Yeah. Wait, it, so say that again. The the subhead says women and racial minorities and people living in Ohio Valley are hit hardest by this distinctly American phenomenon. Women, minorities, and people in Ohio. Ohio Valley, to be clear. <laughs> so not all of Ohio. Listen, just people in the Ohio Valley. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Which is going to really change the electorate. Well, you would see. You would think that. As we move forward in time, our life expectancy, you know, would get longer because, of course, we're we're coming up with all these new and improved ways to be younger. And, you know, if you have a, a bad lung, they'll just replace it with another one. Even a leg, they'll give you a new leg. And See, so I look at it the stuff, other way because I'm thinking about climate change, the way that we're getting more and more illnesses, the way that our food is getting faker and faker and more processed. That stuff is all going to kill us if, I, if the I, robots don't come first. Well, yeah, I mean, I think we can all agree that the robots are going to kill us first. Well, they say are an increasing number of Americans by your are bedside <laughs> at a robot <laughs> in the prime of their are lives. Are you being watched by your bedside? You got to keep I, your headphones I, on, man. I, I'm actually glad I didn't have them on because I would be totally flustered if I heard Can we just do a moment of silence? Just, just want to make sure we can hear this. Hold on one second. So, so hold on one second. I hate you just people. Hold on there, Jared. Are you being watched by your bedside at a robot? There we go. <laughs> Are you happy, Emmy? Are you happy? Are you uh, happy? Say, but more importantly, are you, you being, being watched, watched by your at bedside at a robot? robot. And they say an increasing <laughs> number of Americans are dying in the prime of their lives, a trend not observed in other wealthy nations, according to research that was just published on Tuesday. They say excess deaths, um, that is people who die years and even decades before they're expected to, tend to be clustered in the nation's rust belt, where economies once boomed with a thriving steel industry, but have been in decline since the 70s. Um, uh, according to Dr. Stephen Wolf, the lead author on this new report, he says that's when the U.S. began losing pace with other countries. Um, this is a distinctly American phenomenon. Wolf's study basically analyzed nearly 60 years of data from 1959 through 2017 um, and the, all this data that came from the CDC. He says life expectancy in America increased steadily from the late 1950s through 2014 when it peaked at 78.9 years. So, you basically be yeah. almost 80 years old, and then it started declining for the next three years, falling to 78.6 years in 2017. So what's interesting about this is that, you know, in the in the history of our world, we were more likely in history to die from things that were survival related. Like, uh, I can't find enough food, so I'm going to die. Or, you know, I have to hunt. Or I'm at war with this other nation. It was things like that. Now I feel we are more likely to kill our own selves well, that's than what this says. with other, by other, by the hands of others through war or through environmental circumstances. They say these are often referred to as deaths of despair. Major causes of death in this age group are from drug overdoses, um, particularly opioids, alcohol, suicide. and suicide. And they say fatal drug overdoses has increased significantly in the past two decades, most notably among people 55 to 64. Um, the study found that overdose deaths, death rates rose from 2.3 deaths um, per 100,000 people in 1999 to 23.5. That is like ten, that is literally 10 times the amount um, in 2017. Yeah, and then... 900%. Know, there are en endless studies as to why this is the case, right? And you can think about, does it have to do with the technological boom that we're having? Does it make people feel more alone? Does it make people feel like they 
are in that kind of despair where they don't feel like they can express themselves or they can only express themselves indirectly through a social media handle and then it kind of messes up your mind? Is that a reason? Is that one of many reasons? I think it's it's probably one indicating factor. Um, But even this age group is not necessarily even on social media as much. So I don't know. Hmm. So it'd be interesting to see then. The correlation, yeah. I would say that um, this just makes me think like, check on your older relatives, right? Like the 55 and up, like, or if you're a listener, like check on the people that are, you know, that are close to you. And especially around the holidays, like this is a really difficult time for a lot of people. Yeah, it is. Um, a difficult time of the year where people feel alone and, you know, feel isolated if they're not around their family members or sometimes when they are with their family members. So make sure to check on the people that are around you. Yes. And therapy, therapy, therapy. Oh my Cannot God. recommend yes. it enough. Like absolutely get, get that therapy. Therapy. Drop the subject. Channel Q. Drop the subject presents. News it or lose it. All right, Allie. It is time for News It or Lose It, where democracy reigns even on the holidays. Mm -hmm. You've got three stories. I've got three votes. Let's do it. All right. Headline number one. CBD might actually be harmful, proving there is no God. (laughs) I'm guessing you editorialized the end of that. Uh, Uh, (laughs) Maybe. Uh, Sure, news it. All right. Headline number two. Man creates dating app called Singularity, where he's the only man available. That's actually really smart. (laughs) Uh, Sure. And then headline number three. Girl Scouts are saying a message. Don't make your daughter hug people this holiday. Absolutely. All right. So we got a three for three. I don't know. Can we even do this? All right. I-V-E-3. Three. Three. works. Minus two. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we've got News It or Lose It. And, uh, but first, this is uh, Born to Be Yours by Kygo and Imagine Dragons on the new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents News It or Lose It. All right, News It or Lose It is back. Allie got a record three for three. Yeah, because we're doing three instead of five. Yeah. Just trying out something new here. Right, so, so we got to get some three music, I guess. Okay, let's <laughs> let's start off talking about how CBD could possibly be bad for you. I know. I know. CBD was answering everybody's prayers. It was like, oh, it's going to help you with joint pain. It's going to help you sleep. It doesn't even get you high. Oh, you could have it at work. It's so great. Well, the FDA has now warned 15 companies for illegally selling various CBD products that contain cannabis oil, cannabis oil, as uh, agents, as and cannabis oil, as the FDA has detailed some some safety concerns. Uh, Basically, they have some concerns about CBD products more broadly based on the lack of scientific information that supports the safety of CBD in food. The FDA is also indicating that it can't conclude that CBD is generally safe hmm. among qualified experts for its uh, for consumption in human 
uh, humans and animals. One of the things that I would immediately question is how they can come to this conclusion when they also don't study it, right? Like, there's so little study of it that is yeah, done from I mean, a federal level that it's hard to imagine that they can really come to this kind of a conclusion and it's not be political. But I think that's why, I think this conclusion is basically non-conclusive. Yeah. I think they're just basically saying, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa here. Everyone is... It's a CBD free for all right now. Let's take a step back and make sure that all of this is 100% safe. Because right now everyone's like, it's totally safe. It's totally great. Give it to your pets. Give it to this. You know, there's like, give it to a baby. Who cares? So now I think they're like, all right, why don't we take a moment and do some testing so that we can actually figure out if this is 100% safe? Because everyone was like, vaping's great. Let's just vape, vape, vape. Just whatever. You can put cookies and cream and give it to a four year old. And now they're, discovering that that's not the case. So we don't want that to happen again. Absolutely. All All right. right. Uh, There is a dating app out there. It is called The Singularity. Lord. There is only one man on the app. I have not downloaded the app, so I don't know what this guy looks like. Why would you? But I and I know they say, yeah, I don't really, I'm not his target demo. But you know how they, we always talk about Florida man. We never talk about Carolina man. This is a Carolina man doing this, a guy from North uh, North Carolina. He says he's hoping to meet the one after creating a dating app with only one person. Uh, after striking out on other dates, his name's Aaron Smith, which is very standard name there. Uh, he noticed he has <laughs> a, ma- a major issue keeping him from landing more dates. The biggest problem with the other apps, he says, is that his face is not featured prominently. <laughs> And so his so he's solution. He's bad at making dating profiles. I guess that doesn't serve him. So he's bad at making dating profiles. So he's going to make a crappy dating app instead. He says, if life gives you lemons, you should first make lemonade, then make sure no other companies can produce or distribute their own <laughs> soft drinks. So the only game in town is lemonade. <laughs> After, Aaron is exhausting. Yeah, he sounds like somebody I would never want to go on a second date with. Well, primarily because he's a man. Uh. Yeah, so uh, okay. that's Singularity if you'd like to download it. I feel like um, Aaron is probably not going to be successful with this because how many women are going to sign up for that? Uh, no, I, I don't know a one that would be into that in any way. But hey, you never know. There's going to be some weird girl who's like, he's my world. <laughs> so you never know. Uh, all right, we are running out of time, but I will tell you about Girl Scouts and why they are saying not to make your daughter hug people this holiday. If you've ever had, you know, your parents say, you know, I haven't seen your Uncle Steve in a while. Go give him a hug. Or, uh, hey, the, you know, the, this uh, this old man is uh, giving you a Christmas present. Why don't you say thank you? Go up and give him a hug. Apparently, that is something they're trying to, uh, you know, stop. They're trying to get rid of it, kind well, of kind of go backwards on the tradition. And it shouldn't even just be for girls. Like, it should be for no, girls it and should boys. Be, you should sh- not make kids hug people they no, don't want to hug. No, you shouldn't make... Uh, yeah. okay, so we'll, we'll deal with that when we get back, uh, drop the subject. We have many other things, as, of course, on deck. We've jam-packed show, and we have to give you a Thanksgiving story, the woke version, Uh-oh. so lots more to come. Don't go anywhere. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. <laughs> I'm reading our DMs. We're going to get to those in just a couple of minutes. Uh, Allie, you've got one more story uh, yes. from your uh, your epic first ever three for three news that are losing. <laughs> Is it my first ever? Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, just quickly. I, I don't know if you ever experienced this. I'm interested in how kids' experiences 
were with this growing up uh, between boys and girls. Mm-hmm. I was definitely told by my parents to give somebody a hug, whether it was a family member or if it was, I don't know, just somebody who was a family friend that had given a, you know, this person got you a, a birthday gift or like, hey, you haven't seen Uncle John in a while. Give him a hug. And even though it, it seems very innocent, mm-hmm. it's, it's something that the Girl Scouts are saying... They're they're basically telling parents don't don't make your daughter do this and I think you're absolutely right Jared that this should go for all kids yeah I think that it's just a message that the Girl Scouts are putting out so they're you know specifically talking about girls but at a time when issues of sexual harassment and consent are in the news and with the holidays just around the corner the Girl Scouts they've resurfaced with this recommendation about how parents can help young girls handle affection and a, a developmental psychologist by the name of Dr. Andrea Bestiani she said uh, it's important to let girls decide I'm just going to say people and kids decide when and how to show affection even when it's to family members because it can help set up physical boundaries and expecting them to be respect and expecting physical boundaries to be respected even as they get older. I think that's fantastic. So when their physical boundaries aren't being tested or dictated to them, Mm -hmm. it will allow them to continue holding up those boundaries into their adulthood. And then maybe it would change things like the Me Too movement about how women and how people in general feel about physical boundaries and when it's okay to touch one another and not. Well, because I think we it kind of does set up this idea that like my body is not my own right. or that I like cuz we we often hear um women in in uh, instances of sexual assault saying like they knew that they that they felt uncomfortable or that something was wrong but they felt like they had to be nice and they didn't want to be rude or whatever and like that is one of those moments where that kind of is set up where like the idea of oh I have to be nice to this person I I think I told the story before about um, the expert Gavin DeBecker who always talks about listening to your instincts. He talks about the woman who came home from the grocery store and was coming up her stairs and dropped something down the stairs and like heard a voice at the bottom of the stairs of a man who like picked up something and was like, oh, I'll bring it up. And she was like, the moment I heard that voice, I knew that something was yeah, wrong. It's like, nope, nope, and nope, he nope. eventually wanted to come into the house and help her. And she was like, no, no, it's fine. He comes in and rapes her. And she knew that she shouldn't have done it. But like, it's that whole idea of, well, I just wanted to be nice. I didn't want to be mean. Mm-mm. And it's kind of starts building that in a kid when you make them hug someone, you make them like sit in someone's lap, you make them do all these things, and they don't have those boundaries set up in their yeah, minds. Yeah, no, you're, that's completely right. F politeness. And, and it's also an issue of consent as far as, you know, when these situations happen, especially in the workplace, where, you know, some people say, well, it was consensual. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the person wanted to do that. It yeah. also made them, they were in a situation where they felt like they needed to say yes. Absolutely. Because yeah. that's how a lot of women have been made to feel. Or yeah. that's how the, ex- what the expectation is, right? That, right. you know, if the boss comes on to you, it's like, oh, okay, you know, this is happening. This is an opportunity for you or sure. whatever. And consent doesn't necessarily, it doesn't make it okay. Yeah, I, absolutely. And I, I, the reason I say that this is not only for women, but like we see it more pervasively in women um, and children and, and female children. But like these things happen to boys as well. They happen to men. And and I don't think we should look over that. I, I do want to uh, switch gears before we wrap up here. We have some feedback on the social meds about earlier in the show. Uh, we were talking about, about your impression skills. About, yeah, about we're talking about uh, James Taylor and Ray Charles and our new addition to Drop the Subject Presents. 
Thanksgiving Music Matters 2 and the new album. Now, that's what I call Thanksgiving. Oh, are we getting responses on the album? Yeah. Oh, well, uh, well, it was about my Michael McDonald <laughs> impression, Allie. Okay, all right. All right. She, um, <laughs> uh, Jacqueline says, oh, my God, Jarrett with the Michael McDonald. I will just say, you're so welcome, baby. <laughs> I love Michael You're McDonald. He's so fantastic. Welcome, You're so welcome, baby. <laughs> um, and uh, Chris says, uh, Chris shouts out the Laserdisc. Do you remember the Laserdiscs? They were like the big CDs. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I saw that from Chris and I was like, what? I don't so remember my dad, ever holding one of those My things. dad had one of the Laserdisc players and I remember it because like <laughs> it always sat on top of our huge like yeah. projection TV, uh. but like we almost never used it. And the only time I remember us using it, mind you, the discs were as big as like a big record, a uh, record uh, or album. Yeah, like a vinyl. Right. But like it was a CD and I remember it had a movie on it and that was why it was so big and I remember having a birthday party and my dad getting a laser disc or renting a laser disc of Free Willy yeah Free Willy's the right? best it was such I a gotta good movie. watch that movie again is that on Disney Plus I don't know if that's a Disney movie or not. But, oh, uh, it's got to be. It's got a giant whale. It's got a giant whale, which screams Disney. Um, but like, I Whale just, friends. It's just Jared. so good. And uh. so like, that's a, a, fa- a fond memory of the Laserdisc. So shout out to Chris on that one. Shout out to Laserdisc. Shout out to the Laserdisc. Shout out to Chris. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, um, we've got a very woke Thanksgiving a little bit later, some more Trump news, and a whole lot more. Drop the subjects coming right back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. Hmm. Well, right now. Well, Allie Jarrett, producer Emmy, Ginger Justin, been gone. Got fired. Lost a game. You know, I don't even miss him anymore. I'm pretty used to him being gone now. (laughs) It's like he's been never here. (laughs) It's actually been a holiday week, so it's a little weird. (laughs) I think next week it'll be like, wow, Justin's still gone. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a short week, so maybe we're we're feeling a little, the holiday spirit is is carrying us over. Well, let's talk about Drop the President, shall we? We chat about all things 2020 election related, and it seems that Warren, who's been a front runner, Elizabeth Warren, is not such a front runner anymore compared to a new poll. That's what it's looking like. Uh, this story comes from Politico. It says Senator Elizabeth Warren's support among de- Democratic primary voters nationwide plunged 50% over the past month, according to the new Quinnipiac University poll, signaling that the shakeups in the primary field are far from over. So we've been having this conversation for a long time, obviously. Um, ever since I joined the show, we've been talking about the presidential election. And we're always saying, like, it's too early to tell because you will remember when Joe Biden got into the race, he was the front runner. There was no one that could beat him. Then after that second debate, Kamala Harris, oh, she's the one to beat. Right. No one can touch her. Then it was Warren. Elizabeth Warren. And Elizabeth Warren, oh, my God, she's killing it. She's going to be the nominee. Now it's like Pete Buttigieg is like growing and surging. No one's going to be able to touch him. And like these are things that come in waves. Now, mind you, we're still about 10 weeks away from the first primaries. This could still change again, and it probably will. Hmm. After that first one, it's going to start to shift, and then whoever starts to win is going to start to see more momentum for themselves. But isn't it a little weird to see such a plummet? I mean, plunging 14 points and plunging 50% over the past month? I mean, that seems really... It's a pretty big drop, right? But I mean, I just wonder what what happened. Well, generally, from my perspective, generally when someone is the front runner, they're going to fall because then everyone focuses their attention on that person. Right. So, like, you'll remember after that second debate where Kamala Harris did really well, that third debate, they spent the oh, first 30 or 40 her. minutes yeah. attacking her uh, Medicare plan, her Medicare for all plan. 
The same thing for Elizabeth Warren, right? She's now in everyone's sights. Everyone's talking about her Medicare plan. They're talking about her having a plan for everything. Mm-hmm. They're talking about her on race. They're talking about her on the economy. They're talking about how billionaires aren't going to like her if she's president. Um, there's a story out yesterday that said that um, Barack Obama was not like a big fan of like of Bernie Sanders and his plans and all that kind of stuff. Bernie Sanders has never been a front runner in this race, right? So like, but Bernie Sanders has always been like in the top tier, yeah. and people have always had their sights set on him. Like, there's always going to be some kind of like. Uh, counter to whatever is in the lead. Joe Biden saw that when he first got into the race with people talking about him being too handsy, too touchy, too, yeah. you know, f- too... Uh, Foreheady. <laughs> whatever, exactly. You foreheads with that every Yeah, so I think Elizabeth Warren is kind of experiencing that from being a frontrunner. Yeah, uh, it would be interesting, it been a complete, very unlikely, but it would be interesting if Marianne Williamson became a frontrunner and everyone piled on her and then she could just turn around and sing I Put a Spell on You from Hocus Pocus. Wow. Wow, that took a turn I did not see coming. <laughs> you know what? I actually saw uh, on my Facebook feed today, it was one of the sponsored ads from Elizabeth Warren. And uh, it says, in November 2019, billionaire Leon Cooperman was brought to tears on live television while discussing the prospect that as president, okay, well, it says continue reading, but it's a screenshot, so I can't read you anymore. But anyway. Well, but they were the, crying because the, they felt like there were so many, <laughs> there were so many um, taxes and things that would impact oh, okay. them. But she's selling a, 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 mug, a coffee mug this that's is, called, that says billionaire tears yeah, on it. Yeah, that's, that's why I took a screenshot, because I was like, this is a solid mug. It like, is I funny. would actually buy this mug. It just says billionaire tears on it. And then it says, Warren, get yours today. Well, the other part of this that's interesting is now we have a, a billionaire that's in the race, right? Michael Bloomberg has jumped into the race and um, Warren has been out saying that he's trying to buy the election or buy the nomination. Yeah. And there are plenty of people who agree with that. And we talked about that on the show yesterday. Um, the political article says that former Vice President Joe Biden has retaken the lead in the poll um, after an autumn that saw him surrender his solid frontrunner status. You'll remember that people were you know, rising up in the ranks. Um, he's climbed three points to earn 24% in this poll, they say Mayor Pete Buttigieg of South in South Bend, Indiana, uh, surged into second, rising six points to sixteen percent. And Warren and Bernie Sanders are not far behind, respectively, with fourteen and thirteen percent. Um, interestingly enough, Kamala Harris is not in that top tier; no. she's down in the single digits and has been for a little while. Um, but I I think that we're going to continue to see these things change. The holidays are going to make things a little interesting, where things kind of tend to slow down. But these candidates are still going to be out there um, campaigning in in Iowa and New Hampshire in South Carolina trying to get those early states. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Pete Buttigieg if he can hold front, on to yeah, it. Yeah, I'd like to see what people have to say about him. Like I just I I like what he says, I guess, but yeah. I I feel like him having a little bit more of a of a lead would allow people to kind of get a better read on him. He's under a lot more scrutiny though as well. Like he is people are paying attention to him and asking a lot more questions. Um I'll be on Let's Go There a little bit later today as well. You're doing that show um, too? I, oh this is another one of those days where I'll be on every show on this station. Yeah what is uh, I just realized that yeah we'll be talking so about So you're not leaving here until what? I just realized that. Yeah. Um but I will uh but we'll be talking about how Pete mm-hmm. Buttigieg is kind of under the microscope. He's people are asking more and more questions about him. Um I think one of the other interesting wild cards that exists now is the fact that Michael Bloomberg and Deval Patrick have entered the race. We'll see how that tends to shake things up because I think Michael Bloomberg is actually polling at the same place as a few people who've been in the race for a while. I mean, he's like six or seven percent, but like that's more than Cory Booker or you know what I mean? So um, it'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to kind of see where things shake up where they land. Yeah, Very. Well, if if you've been waiting for a thanks, uh, just a refresher on how Thanksgiving all panned out 
about 400 years ago, you are in luck because we're about to share the Thanksgiving story here on Channel Q on Drop the Subject, but we are giving you the woke version. We're giving you, this is the, a Thanksgiving story. Wake up, people. Wake up. Wake Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. All right. Let's get in the Thanksgiving spirit, shall we? I know everyone talks about the Christmas spirit, but there's a spirit of Thanksgiving. There is a story behind it. And a lot of people, you know, they know the nuts and bolts. They know the basics. Okay, the pilgrims landed on Plymouth Rock. Then they had a wonderful Thanksgiving dinner. There was a bunch of turkey. There was a honeyed ham or a duck or something and a cornucopia. And everyone lived happily ever ever after. That's at least the story that more or less gets told to children around this time of year. And then they have them make their own cornucopia with construction paper. And that's that. (laughs) Did they have construction paper back then? No, well, no, no, now. Oh, gotcha. Now they tell the story, and then they're like, all right, let's make our own cornucopia. Right. And uh, mine mine was always very, very nice. I was a great artist. Oh. <laughs> but, look, look who's proud. Yeah. Uh, I actually do have a couple of pictures on the fridge. Katie's very, very nice when I... But, yeah. <laughs> anyway, besides the point. The thing is, that story isn't necessarily historically accurate. There's a lot of things that have been left out. So that's why we are doing a Thanksgiving story. Wake up, people! Wake up! So I'm going to go ahead and go through this story. We'll get through as much as we can before we have to take a little break. We'll close it out towards the bottom of the hour. But basically, I'm going to I'm gonna go piece by piece here. I'm going to do what the children's version is. And Jarrett's going to chime in just to clean things up and make them a little more accurate. There we go. All right. Nearly 400 years ago, a great many of the people in England were unhappy because their king would not let them pray to God as they liked. The king said that they must use the same prayers that he did. And if he, if they would not do this, they were often thrown into prison or perhaps driven away from home. Ironically, those same people would cross the ocean, eventually telling Native Americans that their religious and spiritual beliefs were wrong. They'd impress their Christianity on not only natives, whom they called savages, but also on the Africans whom they brought across the ocean and enslaved. Mm. Let us go away from this country, said the unhappy Englishman. And so they left their homes, went far off to a country called Holland, and began to call themselves pilgrims. Then they searched for a better place to go. One day they decided that land should be America. But they only truly cared about their own happiness, though. (laughs) Finding that the savages must be tamed, their beloved and sacred land stolen from them, if they weren't outright killed. (laughs) two vessels, the Mayflower and the Speedwell, to take them across the sea. But the Speedwell was not a strong ship, and the captain had to take her home again before she had gone very far. Being on the Mayflower was a joyous experience. They told stories and read books, and they even played with a new pilgrim baby born on their ship named Oceanus. It was nothing but smiles and happiness. The trip couldn't possibly have been actually joyous because they didn't have Wi-Fi. They had no <laughs> refrigeration, and they would take months to get across the Atlantic's turbulent waves. Not everyone even made it across. Yeah, I'm pretty sure people got scurvy. Yeah. Yeah. At last, the Mayflower came in sight of land. The children couldn't wait to play in the tall grass and frolic with the flowers and the birds. Let's be real. They came upon rural, empty land and po- that was populated with, quote, savages. <laughs> they saw the land and thought it was something they could conquer. Okay. The very brave <laughs> Captain Miles Standish. He went to shore 
to see if they could find any houses or white people. Oh, girl, <laughs> hold on. They went to and fro from the ship three times till by and by they found a pretty place to live where there were fields and running brooks. At last, all the tired pilgrims landed from the ship on a spot they called Plymouth Rock. And the first house was begun on Christmas Day. They were so happy for a better life ahead. <laughs> the weather was cold. <laughs> The snow was thick, and many of the people got sick and died. Oh. The better life wasn't something that was enjoyed by everyone, just the white people. Mm-hmm. Uh, then came some very friendly Indians. Mm. They visited the pilgrims one winter. One of the kind Indians was called Squanto, and he came to stay with the pilgrims, and he showed them how to plant their corn, their peas, their wheat, and their barley. I'm pretty sure those natives came along and were like, who the hell are all these white people? <laughs> Squanto was more than likely there to, and came and saved their asses, and he probably didn't want to help them. He was probably coerced or manipulated into helping them, if his stuff wasn't downright stolen from him. Okay, let's move along. This is very... Okay, this is one more, and then we'll go to a little breaky break, okay? And we'll give you the big finale of the first Thanksgiving dinner. <sighs> when it was autumn, the fathers gathered the barley and wheat and corn that they had planted, and they found that it had grown so well that they would have quite enough for the long winter that was coming. Let us thank God for it all, they said. It is he who has made the sunshine and the rain fall and the corn grow. These white people did not even know how to grow corn or what to do with that land. They stole it from the Indians that they named the Indians because they thought this was the Indies when it was actually the Americans. So it was the Native Americans. Don't even get me started. Let's take a commercial yeah. break. Okay. And you know what? I don't think they would have survived if the if Native Americans hadn't taught them to grow the corn and the peas. It wasn't Absolutely. God. It was the Indians. Well, you know, God gave it to the Whatever. Okay, we'll, whatever. We'll we'll, we have me. part two coming up. Drop the... Oh... Thank you, Lizzo. The Drop the Subject Thanksgiving story continues with a happy ending after this. Well, it was happy for some of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. We'll be right back. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. All right. We've been learning a few things here on Drop the Subject today. Sharing with you the Thanksgiving story that a lot of people like to tell children around this time of year. The lies. The lies, yeah. And uh, we're setting the record straight here on Channel Q because I do feel like we should. You know, if, if people look to us mm-hmm. to, to, to set the record straight That's in some of these circumstances. literally why people listen to the show. They're like, we need to know the facts. We need to know the set facts. Let the gays set the record straight. How ironic. <laughs> and we learned about uh, 400 years ago, you know, great many people in England... They, uh, they wanted to pray to whatever god they wanted, so they became pilgrims and they moved to America and they found some very friendly Indians, which Jarrett aptly pointed out. They were Native Americans and they were probably only friendly because they felt like they had to be. They're probably coerced into it, yes. Yes. So, we continue on with the very happy Thanksgiving that they all had together. This is part two of a Thanksgiving story. Wake up, people! Wake up! <laughs> All right. What a- <laughs> they thanked God. Emmy's over there. You guys are a mess. <laughs> all right. So they thanked God for all of the stuff that, uh, you know, they, they, they couldn't grow crops. They were all dying, basically. And the uh, Native Americans swooped in and said, here, idiots, here's how you grow corn and survive. And they were like, well, thank you so much. So here's where we pick things up. 
So they thanked God in their homes and in their little church. The fathers and the mothers and the children thanked him, him being God. Then, said the pilgrim mothers, let's have a great Thanksgiving party and invite the friendly Indians and we'll all rejoice together. Facts are the Native Americans got invited to this white people party and probably felt obligated to attend to avoid war, which is why this was had led by their governor, the white people's governor, and the Indians' um, top chief, general, yeah. exactly their chief. So they were like, "Hey, why don't you come over to this Thanksgiving dinner?" And they're like, "Uh, all right, yeah. okay. Well, all those other tribes are being uh, basically slaughtered, so yeah. I guess it behooves us to head on over." What could go wrong? The first Thanksgiving party was a great one. Four men went out hunting and they brought back so many wild ducks and geese and great wild turkeys that there was enough for almost a week. There was deer meat also, of course, for there were plenty of fine deer in the forest. Then the pilgrim mothers made the corn and wheat into bread and cakes and they had fish and clams from the sea besides. There were literally no turkeys. No oh, pies. Really? <laughs> About two of every three people there were Native Americans. And maybe that is why in the middle of the party, the English took out their muskets and exercised arms, which, according to NPR, they say it was probably target practice. Oh, my God. Their subtle way of saying, guess who's got the firepower here? Oh, my God. All the friendly Indians came with their chief. Everyone came that was invited and more, I dare say, for there were 90 of them all together. They brought five deer with them that they gave to the pilgrims, and they must have liked the party very much, for they stayed for three days. Before they ate anything, the pilgrims and the Indians thanked God together for all his goodness. The Indians sang and danced in the evenings, and every day they ran races and played all kinds of games with the children. Girl, it was whiteness and patriarchy everywhere. (laughs) There were no ladies at the dinner. The Native Americans didn't even worship the same God as the white people who were there to push their faith on them. And English women, according to NPR, were likely doing all the bulk of the cooking. Oh no! Well, all this happened in conclusion nearly 400 years ago and ever since that time Thanksgiving had been kept has been kept in our country. Every year, our fathers and grandfathers and great-grandfathers have rejoiced together just like the pilgrims and have had something to be thankful for each time. Except for the fact that the Native Americans have been pushed further and further <laughs> away from their native lands and pushed into reservations where they don't actually have anything that they used to have. Sorry. And they suffer from horrible addiction problems. And having no land and Mm -hmm. having their land decimated Mm -hmm. and having pipelines with oil run through them. Happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, you know, I think this was an educational experience. A heartwarming story. everybody involved. Yeah, I I just think it's important to highlight that these stories, they're told to children every single year. Oh, it was such a great thing. We all sat around a big table and gave thanks to one another. Uh, Not really how it rolled, ladies and gents. not how that went. Not how that went. Everyone was not thrilled to be there. Mm -mm. Everyone did not end up having a great time. No, and there was no, I mean, most importantly, no, not most importantly, but it's ridiculous that there was no turkey. Like, why are we... (laughs) That's the most ridiculous part. Like, why are we sitting here eating turkey every year when they didn't even have any damn turkey? I I read in one report that they ate seal. 
I, you said that earlier, and I was like, "What?" Yeah, like they they things were not going that well for the Pilgrims. Do they not have like a Popeyes Cajun turkey available to them back then? I'm gonna go ahead and guess not. But even if there was one, I don't think the Native Americans would have pointed out where that is. Point well taken. So yes, I'll give you that. Uh, so this has been a Thanksgiving uh, a Thanksgiving story, a woke Thanksgiving. Wake up, people! Wake up, people! Uh, yeah, I mean, this is something that uh, I I would imagine in the next few years we will be telling more of the real story. And I, I was saying so. it's sort of like, you know, when you're younger, you hear stories about, you know, Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy and all those things. And then eventually when you get a little older, you get different versions of those stories. And I just wonder when is a good time for kids to start learning the real truth of Thanksgiving? Well, I think this um, this also kind of harkens to earlier this year. We talked about um, Columbus Day is, is widely becoming Indigenous People's Day in a lot of different places uh, around the country because, like, we have this ideal story that we tell about what America is and what America is supposed to be and how wonderful and great everything was but we don't like highlight that was only for a certain amount of people and so I think that America is becoming more more aware of like the truth of Thanksgiving and we'll talk about a little bit later how Donald Trump is saying there's a war on Thanksgiving but like I mean yeah, that's that, confusing to me. Why is there a war on Thanksgiving? Yeah, so we'll, oh, because we'll people want to actually tell the about correct what story? actually happened. Yeah, right. and I mean there are there are people who are like committed to like maintaining this story, this image of what these stories are, and and what they've been for a lot of people, and um, you know wanting to hold on to tradition. And it's like, yeah, you can hold on to tradition all you want to, but it doesn't make it true. Yeah, right. And no, I think exactly. that I'm one of the the phrases that I hate the most in you know our in our, our language is like the idea of well we've always done it. This this way like that is not a reason to do anything like no you know what and I mean? other people that lived here before us had their own traditions that we took yeah. away from them and then we created our own and now we're like it's tradition and it's like yeah because yeah. you forced everybody to change everything based on you well speaking of traditions we've got news that are loser coming up in a little bit we it's do. a tradition around here we do um we've got a thanksgiving headline flash because there's a bunch of different stories that are related to, to thanksgiving that are coming up but also um Supermarkets are adding boutiques and gyms in yoga classes. Why are they doing that? We've got more news that'll lose it, as we said. And the happy ending, we've got more Drop the Subject coming up. Don't go anywhere. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. All right. It's time for uh, some more Thanksgiving stuff. Stuff. Really? We're going to give you some Thanksgiving stuff Thanksgiving. before you enjoy your Thanksgiving stuffing. You're saying that like Thanksgiving is like upon us or something. It is all upon us. All up in us and upon us. All okay. right. <laughs> Sorry, that was graphic. There, there are several Thanksgiving-related headlines, so we wanted to do kind of a Thanksgiving-themed headline flash because yes. there's stuff going on with Donald Trump and Thanksgiving. There's also the one of the world's most expensive Thanksgiving dinners. It's $181,000. There's also a helpline this Thanksgiving that you can call at any time. So let's start with Trump, and we'll work our way over to helplines. Well, this story comes from Josephine Harvey over at the Huffington Post. She says, President Donald Trump has declared an end to the so-called war on Christmas again, but apparently... A new war is being waged against Thanksgiving. During his campaign rally in Sunrise, Florida on Tuesday night, the president apparently reiterated that he had defeated those who do not use the term Christmas. This time, though, he added that he was moving he on to tackle a new holiday. I will remind you that Donald Trump, um, he always has like signage at, during the holidays that says Merry Christmas on it, which has become political politicized now because 
more people say happy holidays to be more inclusive to the Jewish community that celebrates Hanukkah, to the black community that celebrates Kwanzaa, to other uh, and people that don't celebrate a specific holiday. And so this war on Christmas is like really fake and ginned up, but whatever. Mm. Um, he says, you know, some people want to change the name Thanksgiving. They don't want to use the term Thanksgiving. And that's what <laughs> and that was true also with Christmas. But now everybody's using Christmas again. Like, first of all, based on what? Literally nothing. Only the things that are happening inside your scattered brain. He says, but now we're going to have to do a little work on Thanksgiving. People have different ideas why it should be called Thanksgiving. But everybody in this room I know loves the name Thanksgiving and we're not changing it. Literally, I really no one has been trying to change it. Do- like it's, reading Donald Trump's quotes it is, because it also just highlights how asinine they all are. It's just ridiculous. Like Donald Trump, I just, I think people get this, but I think it's worth saying Donald Trump always needs someone to be fighting. He needs to be fighting against someone at all times to feel like he's being affected. It's an addiction. It is. And he, he always has to have a war with someone. And like you'll you literally see like the times when he is the most like engaged in what he's doing is when he was speaking against someone, when he's disparaging someone, when he is in a fight. And so that is what this is about. It gets his crowds riled up. It gets his, you know, the, the rallies are always excited to hear him going against someone. And it's just like, that's going to give you a heart attack one day. But also, he's wrong completely in the sense that there's no fight against Thanksgiving. Literally no factual basis for this at all. No, it's not like you and I, like you and I just did that Thanksgiving story, right? We set the record straight as far as what happened at Thanksgiving. It doesn't mean that we're trying to cancel Thanksgiving. It doesn't mean that we think the name Thanksgiving is stupid and irrelevant and should be changed. It doesn't mean that we don't want to spend time with our families and, and which I think Thanksgiving has transitioned into just being a holiday where you appreciate family, you appreciate... It's about gratitude. Yeah, yeah. it's about gratitude, exactly. And, of course, about ham. But it's <laughs> yes. imp- it's mainly about appreciating the people around you, well, which is a good message. Why? Well, that's the message we don't need to change. Josephine in the article says, the president has made this apparent rescue of Merry Christmas a regular talking point regardless of the time of year. And despite the fact that the term had not fallen out of favor, he brought it up in May this year, in July last year. And October and July oh, this year. Oh, my God. Those suggestions have been made about more environmentally friendly ways to celebrate Thanksgiving. Um, in 2015, a false story was debunked by Snopes, circulated in conservative media, alleging that President Barack Obama planned to change the name of the holiday that is not widely considered under attack by any form. I always say that when journalists interview him or just have any kind of conversation with him, they need to ask him the follow-up question of, Based on what? Mm. Because he loves to say, lots of people are saying, people are talking about, you know, I'm always hearing, and there's never any basis for that. Like, if he heard someone say it in his brain, people are talking (laughs) about it. So, Yeah, when I have voices in my head, this is what they're saying. Yeah. Uh, Well, I have information about the world's most expensive Thanksgiving, and I also have some information about a turkey talk line. If you are having trouble... I think this is brilliant, Cooking your Thanksgiving dinner, there is a helpline now. So we have some more uh, Thanksgiving flash headlines for you. Don't go anywhere. We will be back in a moment. Drop the Subject returns after this. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. Ali, Jarrett, wrapping up um, a Thanksgiving-themed show for you. Mm -hmm. Almost wrapping up. We got our last hour here. Um, Ali, you have a story about the most expensive Thanksgiving ever and also a Thanksgiving hotline that's probably going to save some lives this year. Yeah. Oh, I, I would imagine it has already. 
Um, so have you ever gone out to dinner instead of had a home-cooked meal for Thanksgiving? I've done it once or twice. I feel like I have. I can't remember it specifically, but I feel like I have done that before. There was a, a year or two after my grandmother passed, my mom was like, let's go have a nice ass dinner Thanksgiving somewhere? dinner somewhere. Yeah. I'm and it was remember. it was actually really awesome. Good. Yeah. yeah. But if so, so for any of you who, who do like going out for Thanksgiving dinner, this is the world's most expensive Thanksgiving dinner. Okay. It's $181,000. Oh my god. And if you want this, you can head on over to New York City's Old Homestead Steakhouse because they are known for their Thanksgiving dinner packages. They had one last year that was $150,000 ahead. They're upping that this year for a total of $181,000 a head. The over-the-top Thanksgiving package. Wait, hold on. It's $181,000 a head? I'm pretty sure. I thought it was $181,000 for, like, the table. This is per person. Let's read on, shall we? Okay. Over This over-the-top Thanksgiving package, it not only includes a culinary cornucopia of some of the... Wor- okay, yeah, I think this is for a group. All right. Some of the world's richest oh, ingredients. Oh, well, in that case, it's much more reasonable. Okay. Headlined by two free-range, $145 per pound, gold-painted, gold-dusted, and gold-flaked turkey. Kiss my... Never mind. Two of those. But oh, also, well, it's two. Okay. It's two of them. But also equally rich experiences like a $50,000 seven-day dream sea dream yacht cruise for two with luxurious owner suite accommodations. Oh, now you're talking Jarrett Neese. Okay. So at a total of $181,000, the package is roughly 3,700 times the average Thanksgiving dinner of America. They said the culinary staff develops the menu, and from there, they seek out the most expensive ingredients in the entire world. That is, uh, according to the owner of Old Homestead, Mark Sherry. Like last year's record-breaking feast, this year's dinner boasts imported imported rarities like 1,200 per pound Spanish bacon, topped with candied sweet potatoes paired with $300 per pound imported white cheddar cheese from a farm in the UK. (laughs) Wow. The gravy is again infused with a $3,650 bottle of Louis VIII cognac. I just, I don't even know, like, uh, what the talking cranberry about? sauce features a $250 per dozen Japanese strawberries with Taylor Fladgate 40-year-old tawny port reduction. I mean, what Interested? says... I don't... <laughs> I don't know what says Thanksgiving <laughs> holiday tradition more than more the, than port reduction than the the tawny port reduction <laughs> or whatever that is that you just said that oh no oh god oh, there's papers all flying of everywhere. the stories just fell everywhere oh. I, I, a ta- what is it a, a tawny port reduction that sounds like a just a delight I, d- I also don't understand why we need to gold flake everything like why, why is that so why does that does it make it taste any better I was gonna say you know what no one has ever said like oh I'm really tasty. To, um, craving, craving gold, gold flakes. flakes. Like, no one's ever said that no. before. Corn flakes, yes. No, not even. Those suck. All right, let's move on to actual people <laughs> who have actual affordable Thanksgiving actual dinners. Actual human beings. And, yeah, actual human beings who maybe need a little bit of help cooking an at-home meal this Thanksgiving. This is courtesy of Butterball. For more than 30 years, the professionally trained turkey experts that make up the Turkey Talk line have been answering turkey-related questions each holiday season. They are open for conversation, question answering, advice, tips, tricks. They're open every November and December. And then their 50 experts answer more than 100,000 questions for thousands of households around the United States and Canada. They say we're, this is on the Butterball website. 
Our Butterball experts are available to answer your questions by phone, online chat, and email. Let's talk turkey. Call 1-800-BUTTERBALL or text... This is amazing. 844-877-3456. This all began in 1981. They've been doing this. They even have a picture of a little call center lady. She's right here. crazy. Helping people out. I love this story. They said in order to create stronger bonds with and meet the needs of the people who call in, the talk line has diversified its ranks by adding Spanish-speaking experts and male talk line experts... As opposed to... Because oh. it was just all women, oh, I guess. Oh, nice. Yeah, shout out Hi. to diversity. Uh, no, you got to brain it first. <laughs> you got to brain it. Okay. No, how long I is the... I bi- love this. Well, you got to make a rule. A, a rule. Okay, how long is... Bi- when did you buy it? I will it? say one of the things that I think is going to be really helpful for people this year, and this is not a commercial, they didn't pay for this, but I think it's been really fantastic. The Food Network has like this brand new app that has like live videos on it, like of people like actually preparing food and taking your questions. They've got so much more stuff on there now they just like launched this app and they one of my favorite shows to watch on the weekend is the kitchen and they did like a full mm, i'll live, take any cooking show <clears throat> they did a two-hour live special last weekend and it was so great it was like what i just had so much joy watching that because i just love cooking and like, yeah cooking i love shows. food and i love cooking whenever they just even just to see someone mixing something casually on a saucepan yeah and then exactly. they're like and then you get this half cup of onions soothing. and it's already yeah it's so yeah. soothing they've yeah, already yeah. got it all chopped up and you're like man they make it look easy so as a person who loves to cook like i'm i really love the food network app my other favorite app is epicurious do you use any apps? yeah I, I don't use apps but i usually will find recipes on all of the places yeah, yeah. that you're talking yeah, about yeah so yeah so okay. 1-800 butterball this thanksgiving if you need it and we've got all kinds of stuff on deck for you. Apparently, they are adding boutique gyms to supermarkets. This is crazy. This is crazy. Why you could be lifting weights in the <laughs> in the pasta aisle? Who knows? We'll talk about that when we get back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject is back now, Allie. As we're getting ready to move into the Thanksgiving holiday. It's all about gluttony. Let's just be honest. Mm. Gratitude and gluttony. Good old gluttony. But the grocery stores are trying to do something a little bit different because they are trying to, A, remain relevant, but B, maybe also... <laughs> I mean, let's just be real, right? Remember us? Uh, exactly. We have frozen peas. But uh, this, this headline coming from CNN Business says, Groceries and glutes, supermarkets at boutique gyms and yoga classes. Now, before we even get into this story, I want to be very clear these are going to only be very specific grocery stores, like in highfalutin areas with like very like affluent, probably very white like uh, populations. People because who have time to go to a grocery store and then stay for yoga for class. For yoga, exactly. And so. I'm just out of the gate. I'm, I'm going to just point fingers at Whole Foods. Because well, I think they're the ones that start with this crap. It was that beer tap. Then they put in a coffee shop. Now there's so much good stuff at Whole Foods. Now. There's like a record store now. It's, is it really? Yeah, there's like vine. People can buy vinyl, and I blame that on hipsters. I was going to say. So earlier we had to explain what CDs are. Do we have to explain vinyl as well? <laughs> I actually feel people know more about what vinyl <laughs> is than CDs. True. That's probably true. Um, so this, the article says High V, which is a um, a grocery store, H Y dash V E E, is teaming up with high intensity training gym Orange Theory to build. Studios attached to two of its stores in Morristown, New Jersey. Shoprite uh, opened a store with a fitness studio that offers yoga and Zumba classes for its shoppers with loyalty cards. And Whole Foods flagship store in Austin, Texas, partners with Bar B A R E mm-hmm. uh, spinning and yoga studios in the area for classes on its rooftop plaza. As competition in the grocery store uh, industry stiffens, these stores hope to attract 
time strap shoppers by creating convenient experiences that shoppers can't replicate online. See, and it's interesting, like this is kind of how like uh, malls are trying to like grow their their reach and like have more relevance. Yeah, because Wetzel's pretzels isn't cutting it anymore. Or exactly, even though I love good Wetzel's. I mean, it is still kind of cutting yeah. it. But I, that's so. F- it's amazing to me that they th- say that this is supposed to be a time saver because my the first thing that comes to my mind is who the hell has time to go to the grocery store and stay there for two a- two and a half hours right. to do your shopping and and do a, a Zumba. But I will say, watching people in Zumba is one of the best experiences I can I, I in life. It is certainly entertaining. Watching grocery store Zumba has got to be. Ten just, times more entertaining. There is nothing appealing about this at all to Well, me. what are you supposed to do with your cart? So you got your cart, you're shopping around, you've got bagels, you've got some kale, you've got whatever, and yeah. then you're walking by and you're like, oh, I'm just going to nestle this cart over right, in the corner like, here and I'll just, uh, hi, there. Like, <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like, do you, I, what I don't understand is like, do you want me to grocery shop before the class or after the class? Because neither one works. And what happens when, you know how they say you should never go to the grocery store hungry? I wonder what happens. I'm as where you hungry should... as, as I could possibly be after the gym. Exactly. So are they doing that on purpose to make you hot and sweaty and then be like, oh, wait, I'm starving. I need some nourishment. Here, I'm going to load up on more groceries as I leave. I just can't understand how this is supposed to be a good idea. Like, I, when I, I'm think the reason I'm asking, like, what do you do first or what do you do, like, in what order are you supposed to do this in, is like, if I go grocery shopping for a bunch of stuff and I have cold stuff, I don't want it to sit in my car for 45 minutes or, <laughs> you know what I mean, or an hour. Or however right. long. I also don't want to do it afterward because I'm sweaty and gross, and then I have to go like go through my shopping list. See, I don't s- understand. Sweaty and gross. That's also going to trans transfer into the grocery store itself. You know how gym smells? Oh God, that's gyms are off. Like they gyms. Like if someone Yankee candled the gym, <laughs> it would be a horrible, horrible experience. It was that'd be disgusting. Imagine that? that in the grocery store as you're shopping. I just that's disgusting. Like feet and sweaty private parts oh. in the pasta aisle. And like people walking around in sweaty shirts and like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like their wet sh- yeah, pants or whatever. I've, so I've gone to the grocery store a couple times after a class, after a class at the gym Mistake because number one. It's r- but it's right next to the grocery store. So okay. I'm like, okay, I gotta grab some stuff for dinner. And I feel bad for anybody that has to look at me and stand next to me if I am in the aisle and someone walks by I, I run I scurry because I don't want to waft my disgusting sweaty smell in their direction so you're actually the target audience for this then yeah probably if you're like going to the gym and then going to the grocery store because I'm the person who does not want to go outside without showering after the gym which is why no, I, I go don't to the normally gym. I go like to, to yeah. but sometimes if I'm out already and they're right next but to each other you don't shower at the gym no. Yeah. There is no shower at my gym. Oh, but see. I don't shower at the gym anyway. I'd rather shower in my home. I don't like to shower. I don't like to shower in public places if I can help it. Yeah, I, I get that. I um I go to a nice gym that has really nice showers and so if if maybe if there were showers there I could see myself going to the grocery I just I can't imagine this But then why would you shower at a grocery store? Exactly. I mean saying like even say, imagine yourself on a first date, Jared, and say, "Oh no, I have is a 
I was uh, at the grocery store, and then I was sh- I showered at the grocery store before I came here, and they'd be like, "Red flag." Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he they said say he showered. They at the say grocery store. grocers are not alone in turning to fitness industry for growth. Malls and brick and mortar retailers are betting on gyms and boutique studios to win over their shoppers. Whenever I see a mall that's like expanding or doing a renovation, I'm just like, I do not understand what the strategy is here. But grocery they stores, try. I will solve this problem for you in one second. Oh, weed. Oh, there you go. Just have a, a good weed store? Just put weed in the damn grocery store. <laughs> Problem right. solved. We'll take a quick break. We'll <laughs> drop the subject after this. Drop the subject. Channel Q. Drop the subject presents News It or Lose It. All right. News It or Lose It is back. This time I've got the headlines. Allie, you've got the votes. Are you ready? All right. Female bodybuilder, 82, fights home intruder. Her quote, he picked the wrong house. Oh, this should be also be on my favorite thing. <laughs> it's fantastic. All right. Netflix steps in to save a New York historic theater. Oh, they're doing something good for theater? Theater. Well, you know, it'll just be a chance for me to bring up old wacky voices I used to do on okay. stage. <laughs> okay. And then the dictionary.com word of the day, postprandial. Post what? Postprandial. Mm, sure. Why the hell not? Oh my it's God. Thanksgiving. We'll do a three for three. Two of them. Two three for threes in one show. We've really got to find a song for and this. A song that doesn't relate. <laughs> okay. News that are losing comes back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. News It or Lose It is back. Allie, I love this first headline so much. It is just wonderful. I'm I'm trying to see if Emmy can get this guest to be on the show a little bit later. Um, this headline comes from foxnews.com. Oh, I love that you feel still feel the need to yeah, give them credit. I do. I mean, listen, I'm a journalist. <laughs> I know. You do I love to you, give credit where credit's due. Listen, the Fox News website, not nearly as bad as the Fox News Network, but that's a different conversation. An 82-year-old female <laughs> bodybuilder fought back against a man who broke into her home on Thursday night as she was getting ready for bed using her daily workout regimen and various household items to overwhelm the intruder. Willie Murphy, who attends the Maplewood YMCA in Rochester, New York, on a day basis was getting ready for bed around 11 o'clock when a man started banging on the door asking for an ambulance while declaring I'm sick I'm sick Murphy, huh. Murphy called the police and wouldn't let him inside which she says angered the man well turns out she says she heard a loud noise um, I'm thinking what the heck was that the young man is in my home he broke down the door the award-winning bodybuilder told the outlet she hid under the cover of night um, picking up the nearest object as a thief crept through her home I picked up the table. <laughs> oh my God, she picked up the she table. She said she picked up a table and I went to work on him. <laughs> she said the table broke and when he's down, I'm jumping on him. She's this 82 year old black woman. Um, she had in, in the I picture, see a she's video a she's, t-shirt and a, like a headscarf. She looks I, like a Rosie the it's like like a Rosie the Riveter, Riveter red headscarf. Oh yeah, kind of yeah. She kind of like and she's got a blue shirt, so yeah. she kind of looks like you know that. She picture. says after the table dropped, um, she grabbed a nearby bottle of shampoo and went to town. She says <laughs> I grabbed the shampoo. Guess what? He's still on the ground in his face, all of it, the whole thing. <laughs> 
Uh, then she grabbed a nearby broom and swept the floor with the unknown suspect. She literally wiped the floor with him. She said, I got the broom. He's pulling the broom. I'm hitting him with it. Oh, my when God. When officers arrived, Murphy says the first responders wanted to take selfies with her and even received a hero's welcome when huh. she returned to her local YMCA. She said he picked the wrong house to break into. Yes, indeed, he did. That is amazing because, you know, these stupid a-holes, they walk by or they case a neighborhood and yep. they see a sweet little old lady and they, and that, that's, it's just so effed up in the first place because they're like, I'm going to go pick on somebody who's weaker than me yep. that I know I can take so that I can walk in and rob them and, you know, this powerless person who can't help themselves. And then how great is it? When all of that just blows up right in their face. I love that show, I Survived. Have you ever seen that show? No. It's so awesome. It's just people who have had near-death experiences, whether it's a break-in, attempted murder, or like stranded in a desert, or whatever it is. And there is one uh, episode where this woman, it's like an older woman, and this guy came in like like knife like stat like like tried to kill her yeah. like just she's on the ground and she was like yeah anyway and then I like did some kind of crazy like move where I like she basically swept his did that leg thing where you yeah, yeah and then like <laughs> and then like took his knife and like just completely overpowered him oh my God. and he was just probably like whoa what yeah, is exactly, going yeah. on and then she was able to, ki- to kill him in self defense obviously Listen, but I it's just it. and she's just this lady who's like yeah and then <laughs> you're like you are There's amazing that no you just like story. those people that like kick in and are yeah. just like nah. I love that. All right. Well, Netflix is apparently saving a historic theater in New York. It's the Paris Theater. They say the company plans to use the city's only remaining single-screen theater to show some of its own movies. This story coming from Engadget. They say that um, the basically on Monday that Netflix announced that they are going to be they signed a lease for the Paris Theater. Um, it's the city's only remaining single center single theater single you got it you can do it i'm, I'm fine single <laughs> single screen cinema what in that operation say? is that a t the i i can read i promise <laughs> um the theater had actually closed in august after showing a run of Pavarotti. um they didn't disclose the terms of the lease but basically they're going to be running various different movies throughout the year of their own this actually kind of touches on one of the controversial things that always comes up during award season with Netflix because people There's say that theaters. because they say that they shouldn't be able to be um, nominated for Oscars and Golden Globes and other awards because they don't run their, th- their movies in theaters. Yeah, I which, don't agree with that. Though. Well, Steven Spielberg was like they should be in the TV movie category, which there is no TV movie category for the Oscars. Um, and it's controversial because it's like, well, these movies use the same crews. They use the same, you know, the, the techniques and cameras and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, like, and things are changing. Yeah. Okay, get and, with the times. But now they're going to be doing it here. They're also um, apparently in talks to buy the Egyptian theater here in Los Angeles or to lease it out um, to make it a Netflix theater so they can run movies there. I'm fascinated by this and I'm, I'm curious if it's going to grow because Netflix is now going to have to find other ways to compete with all these other streamers, right? They were first to market with streaming, but they are also kind of going to have to figure out how they can make themselves distinct and different or be able to compete more with Disney Disney Plus and HBO Max and Hulu. No, definitely. I guess I'm also like, if you buy the theater, I would hope that they would also pay tribute to like classics and not just be like, we're going to save this movie theater to play our stuff to benefit us. And it's like, I get it. I think it's a fair question of like, okay, are they only going to play Netflix movies? Mind you, they have plenty of content. But I think um, it'll be interesting to see if they do play other classic movies. Yeah, like did Pavarotti. Well, they probably they have other classic movies on Netflix, too. That's so, true. There's probably going to be some of that. Or all those really, really like D-rated horror movies. <laughs> Which will be great. All right. 
The dictionary.com word of the day is postprandial. Any idea? Nope. Me neither. Um, it's an adjective. It means after a meal, especially oh, after dinner. I so see. basically, um, we if we came in and did a show after Thanksgiving dinner, it'd be our postprandial show. Wow, interesting. Well, uh, I mean, you could argue that after every Monday munch report. There you go. It'll be our it's our post man our yeah. post. Prandial Monday Munch Report. I can't even talk. Let's get it. Let's get out of here. We'll be out of here. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right. Drop the subject is back. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the holidays to really be upon us. We're about up to be out of here. Um, You're not. Uh, I know, right? I still have Let's Go There and Love Line. Yeah. Um, but you have to book yourself on K Rock and Amp, and <laughs> right? Wave I gotta, and you know, KNX. I got to be here through the next three days. Um, so Jarrett will be here until Monday, everybody. Yes. If you want to call him eight three three seven seven call Q. I don't have anything else to do. Um, but <laughs> yes, uh, you can catch me on Let's Go There a little bit later, talking about Pete Buttigieg, and then on Love Line, talking about um, various different things with Doctor Chris. But Allie. Thanksgiving is tomorrow, and you have something cool going on with your Butch Pal series. Yeah, yeah. Well, we are in the final week of our campaign, so we have six days left. A little less than, well, this is almost seven days. We've got six days, 21 hours. We have uh, 1700 bucks more to raise, so we're doing really, really well. We just have a little bit more to raise, so if you feel like you want to make a tax-deductible donation, if you want an all-female makeover show a la Queer Eye, but it's kind of a mockumentary-style comedy based on that, if you'd like to see something like that, hey, why don't you just go over to ButchPalSeries.com. You can throw us a a tax-deductible pledge and Tomorrow, on Thanksgiving, we are donating a portion of all the proceeds to the Trevor Project, which has been a really, really great organization that helps LGBT youth that are struggling with, you know, identity, uh, family, uh, anybody who needs uh, therapy services or mental health services that is in the LGBTQ plus community. My wife was a volunteer there for a number of years, and they're just a really, really great organization. And I think especially around this time of year, it can be hard for people in the community that don't have have great family situations or have been struggling. So uh, on Thursday, if you'd like to make a donation, uh, it goes to us, but it also goes to the Trevor Project, and they are amazing. I love that. That's yeah. fantastic. All right. Um, well, Emmy, I guess it's time that we uh, do what we do best around here. And by do best, I mean... Do mediocrely. I was going to say, <laughs> do every day. Um, it's time for Happy Endings. Well... Because of the internet, we may now know the true story behind Thanksgiving and how dark and exploitive it was. But on the bright side, it's a holiday that's more focused in food and enjoying family Mm. and sort of just being just grateful for everything you have. I hear you. All right. Yeah, where are the pilgrims at? And the Native Americans? Well, they're just white people and people. Yeah, but are there still pilgrims? I don't think that's still a thing. No. Okay, we're just there's so. no more pilgrims. There like there's Quakers? pagans. Well, there's pagans. <laughs> there are Quakers. I don't know. Are, do, are the Quakers are still around, right? Are Quakers somewhere. pilgrims? Is, a, is it like a square and a rectangle thing? I don't know. I don't know. There's somewhere. What are we talking about? <laughs> I don't know. What's your happy <laughs> ending? Right, I have a happy ending. Uh, sure, as millennials, our life expectancy is going down. It's not mm-hmm. going up. So that's you know some could view that as a bad thing, but on the bright side. When the aliens reach Earth and try to plan a BS Thanksgiving dinner with us, we'll already be dead. (laughs) All right. Well, on that note, 
We gotta go. You gotta eat. We will see you on Monday. Have a fantastic holiday. Stay safe out there, and we will see you for a whole new set of live shows. Yes, absolutely. Make sure to um, give someone a call. Tell them that you're grateful for them. Tell them that you love them. Endure the family this holiday season, because we know how difficult that can be, um, whether you're with them or not. And uh, we love you. We appreciate you. And we'll see you next week. On the the next, drop the subject. On the next show, it's the ultimate Monday Munch Report. Still coming out of that food coma? Are you tired of or still binge? On leftovers. On Monday, we've got the rundown of the good, the bad, and the gluttony. Gobble, gobble. Plus, we're kicking off the Christmas season with our second annual Hallmark or Humbug. We'll give you a ridiculous plot line and you figure out if it's a real Hallmark holiday movie or something that we completely made up. Drop the subject. 12 to 2 Pacific, 3 to 5 Eastern. On the new Channel Q.